Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up, everybody? I'm Dwayne Wade. Welcome to the Y Podcast. I am sitting next to greatness oh. uh, to my left over here. I'm excited for this conversation. This is an individual who I just ran into in Cairns recently. Uh, we both were out there. He was looking a little better than me. I was a little yeah, right. <laughs> I was a little surprised to see you out there, man. David Grubman, welcome to the Y Podcast. Thank you for taking time, man. We're gonna get into all your accomplishments and everything as we go on, but thank you for taking time. Of course, sit down and have this conversation, man. I mean, if there's one person that has a lot of coupons with me, it's <laughs> definitely you. I mean, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I, and I was late too, everybody. Just so y'all know, this traffic out here is crazy. I showed up a little late today. I apologize. It's okay. I mean, listen, it's very busy in Miami, and we know you're a very busy man, especially when you come to the market. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure you had to make your rounds. No, I did, man. So let's talk about that. Last time we seen each other, we were at this beautiful, one of the most beautiful fashion shows I've ever been to. It was, it was stunning, though. It was amazing. At this amazing chateau somewhere in, in Cannes, France, uh, your wife, Isabella, and I, and all of us, we got a chance to have a Miami moment. Yep. Um, talk about it, man. So, you know, now that my wife is like this big mm -hmm. entrepreneur yeah. and fashionista, um, I'm a plus one. <laughs> I, uh, I'm always now getting to go to some of the, the, the best events in the world. And I just, as uh, you know, you're in the same place. Our yeah. wives are so out there and um, and businesswomen's and, and pushing and, and all this that I love being a plus one sometimes. It's yeah, it's easy. Nice. It's kind of easy. But it was a beautiful setting. It was a Versace, Dua Lipa collab show. Mm -hmm. I think it was like 50 people or something like that. Uh, I was very nervous about the placement and about going to a Versace show because I thought it was going to be rubber and you know, arrows <laughs> through the head and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and it was awesome. It was such a cool event. It was such a vibe. I, I remember sitting, like, it felt like we was all sitting courtside. Right, right, exactly. We all had our courtside seats. And I remember looking across the way and just taking a look at you. And I'm thinking like, 
when I first met you, we weren't sitting at Versace shows that, across from each man. other. <laughs> I, we were, I was, it's a different world now. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, you know, I'm sure as many viewers know, uh, I was lucky enough to start my career when you kind of started your career here yeah. in Miami. And to see the evolution and the growth of you and what you've done for the city and to see uh, where I've gotten to go from those days to where I am now, it's it's kind of great to have someone so connected to Miami as I am, because yeah. we both love the city. Yeah, for sure. Even though you left us to, to move <laughs> away, but we, we we know that you come a lot, and uh, this city owes you so much. It's incredible. Yeah, I just took a timeout. You know, you know, sometime in the game, you know how to, you know, I spoke run out on the court, and he got to take a timeout. I took a little time. I was here for 16 years. You know, I spent a lot of, most of my childhood here, you know, as a, my, my early adulthood, rather. And, you know, you kind of want to get out and see things, see the world a little bit. And so that's what I'm doing right now. You know, what's been cool is to, you, you say the 16 years, but through those 16 years, as I've been here for 16 years, people come and go, people come and go. But the, the, the always constant thing has been you here. Yeah. And others come and get the light and then leave and da, da, yeah. da, and stuff like that. But to know that have you as that foundation for Miami, for me, always felt like that's our iconic foundation, man. Yeah. You know, coming back um, for me, I mean, I, I am coming back and I feel like a, I do feel like a guest because I'm not standing in my home. I'm standing like hotels and I'm doing it. It's a different life coming back, but it's OK because I'm getting to see a different side of Miami that. I didn't get to see as a basketball player. And so I'm meeting people that I never got to meet as a basketball player. So it's fine for me. But every time I come back, it's something new, something I haven't seen, something I haven't heard. Right. And every time I come back, David Grumman's name is a part of it. Oh. <laughs> How are you doing all this? Are you getting any sleep? Like, what's going on? So, yeah, I mean, sleep is, and, and I started a, a family and stuff like that. In, too, in the middle I, of it. Yeah, in the middle <laughs> of it. Um, yeah, you know, and, and now... I'm taking Miami to other markets, right? Mm -hmm. We just opened Komodo in, in Dallas and we're going to open a couple more places there. And, and next week I, uh, I open uh, Poppy State, Komodo, Live, and Live Beach at the Fountain Blue in Las Vegas. Wow. So, and I've been fighting Las Vegas for so long, but this opportunity was too big for me to not do. And I think it's so cool to see Miami brands be able to grow mm -hmm. in other markets. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Like, uh, some people who are in the industry you're in, in one of the industries when it comes to the restaurant industry, they got to taste the steak every night. They want to make sure that everything is exactly, you know, how they want it. And so it's hard for them to expand and hard for them to grow because they can't keep eyes on it. How do you be comfortable enough to take a baby of yours and your brand and let it go elsewhere? So I'd love to say it's all me, but I have a great team, you know, and if you don't have a great team around you, you're never going to grow. And I always try to hire people that are smarter and better than me so that it gives me that that push to go be able to go do what i do and i think it's something that people ignore so much is they they're always afraid to hire people around them that are smarter and better than them and it's been the key to my success I have so no ego people yeah well listen i definitely let's, let's not forget <laughs> you and i aren't in these chairs because we don't have ego that's for sure that being said uh it's it's also partnering with great people as well like yeah. you know i partnered with poppy david einhorn on poppy steak and in the Fountain Blue in Las Vegas and uh, Bad Bunny at Gecko and Pharrell, as you know, at Swan and, yeah. and The Good Time. So finding great partners is also good and doing things that you do together that you love. Uh, Noah Tepperberg from Tau Group and I just opened a new restaurant here called Casa Donna. And it's doing so well, but I know one of the reasons why it's doing so well is because it's done with love. Mm -hmm. And 
when you do things for the love of something, yeah, it, it's good. Anytime I failed miserably, it's when I was trying to be spiteful. I, you know, I tried to open a spike club when, <laughs> you know, as as we started, I, I I ran the Opium Group, which at that time was Mansion and Opium Garden and Privé and all that. Oh, they good times, good times. Yeah. <laughs> we had some really great moments there, and um, they wouldn't make me a partner. So then when I was able to be a partner in a club, which was Cameo. Uh, everything Shout out I did. The cameo. I had some good nights. Uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, still me. <laughs> but uh, everything I did was try to to be spiteful and show them you should have made me a partner and blah blah blah. Yeah. And I failed so miserably that they they ended up buying the club for me because I was such a failure at it because everything I did was to show them. So again, if your ethics, your beliefs, your systems aren't lined up correctly, yeah. you're going to fail. So the, you can feel that, right? Like from the outside, you can feel if oh. something is is if it's love put into it or if it's just it's a quick buck. Right. And if it's to get even at somebody or not in the right place, but because Casa Don is done with such love between him and I, we have such a great relationship. Yeah. It's overachieving more than I could ever imagine. You know, that's one of the questions I actually asked you. I seen you at F1 two years ago. Right. And, and even though, you know, you're a big player here, it's a lot of players that's coming in, right? Yeah. It's coming in from New York and all out of, out of the state. And I said, how is the competition? Right, like, how is it with all these people coming in? You, you at the same events with them? Like, is it sure. friendly? Is it, you know, is it a so little jockeying? It's uh, Frenchster. It's uh, <laughs> it's you know, at the end of the day, you you need that competition to push you, right? If everything was if there was no competition, it would just get boring, man. But it it's it's a great rivalry we all have with each other. Yeah. And when a new guy comes in, the other guys that just had come into the market for you go, I hope you give them as warm of a welcome as you gave me, <laughs> Dave, when you came to the market. Um, it's funny because, you know, another restaurant group just opened a, a place next to me in Miami, yeah. and they've been so respectful and so uh, not trying to hire my team, not doing this, not doing that. And the other guys from New York said to me, are, are you are you going to kill these guys? And I go, no, because they've been so respectful now and they've been so good to me throughout the years and we have such great relationships with each other. But yet, if someone opens a coffee shop around the corner for me, I want to burn it down, right? So <laughs> it's it's been uh, it's been me getting a little bit older and, and wiser. And really, you know, listen, I care about, as you know, relationships more than anybody. Yeah. And seeing that now when a new place opens up people will go there for a moment and then come right back to you is is a great feeling i mean i still mother f them all the way till the end and i never want my friends to feel like it's okay to go to other people's places other than mine i always want them to think for a second oh maybe i shouldn't go there i right. feel like i'm doing something wrong jewish guilt is something very <laughs> yo they very guilt. strong listen when when i come to town it's not you know i have relationships that right. you know some that before i met you of and course. some after but our family, it's, 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 like you said, it's about relationships. Of and course. so our family, when it comes to my wife, when it comes to Chantel, when it comes to Bob and Lisa, like our entire group, we all be like, all right, if we're in town for a couple hours, we have to make sure that we stop by one of And so it's like, it's like a guilt thing. If we don't, though, I feel a way. I actually do. I can't lie to you. I know. So that guilt is good. <laughs> I like that guilt. That makes me happy because we want to instill that in everybody that comes to Miami. Yeah. And by being a key holder of, 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 of Miami or one of them, when you come to Miami, I really want you to have that. I want to have that touching point for you at one of my places. I'm glad you said that. I got to get some off my chest. And this is, I'm just jumping around here. But being a key holder here in Miami, I have been very proud of what you've built and what you've Thank done. You. But it was one moment I haven't been proud of. Okay. 
And I understand it. It's business. But when you let the Dallas Mavericks come in to live and... Wow. So we're going to talk about that And now. celebrate. I'm glad. I was hurt, David. I, I so here, let me just paint the picture so we're on the same page. <laughs> Saturday night, Mark Cuban's in my place. DJ Irie yeah. on the mic saying we're going to smoke some Cubans. <laughs> and then I get the call after they went on Sunday. They're coming over. They came. They brought the trophy. Oh, that hurt. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> and Maverick happened to be in the club that night as well. And Maverick goes, they won. They deserve it. Uh, I took a lot of heat, literally, in the press for oh, a yeah, few we're, years. We're but hot. you know what was so great was the next year when you guys did win the championship and you did bring it back to live. And then the year, that after, that, and the year after that, same thing again. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so I was there for you guys. But yes, I understand. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, oh, getting that call hurt. Getting that call hurt. Hurt my feelings. Yeah. At the yeah. time. Now, the next year. First of all, the next year, you comped everything. We had a great night on you. Appreciate that. Of Thank course. You. Of course. Thank you for that. Um, and we did come back, you know, after that. Because we're always, we're always pissed. It, and it's because we lost. It had nothing to do with you. But we, we, we was mad at ourselves. I, I, I understand. But, you know, you know what's so great? I love telling the story about the, that that championship party with the Miami Heat the next year. You can't reach out. When you guys are up and stuff, I can't reach out. I was reaching out to Maverick, your father, you know, everybody. Mm -hmm. Are you guys going to do the, They go, we don't want to jinx it. Yeah. So you just have, it goes back to relationships. You just have to hope that all those years of taking care of you guys <laughs> would pay off for that you guys would bring the championship back to your stomping grounds. And listen, there was invites going out for all the other clubs and places, you know, after party, after party. And I'm like, oh no, did somebody get to somebody and da, da, da. And then when you guys roll up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you brought the whole thing. And then the following year, the repeat, same thing. Well, it's all love. You know what it is. But- I just I, had, I I just had of, to bring it up. A, yeah, by the way, okay, I'm glad we got it off the chest. <laughs> we got it out of the way in a, in a nice, cool time. I didn't bring it to you t a decade ago. No, uh, a, few, a few people did. They a few did? People, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we love the Miami Heat. Uh, it's By the way, it's tough going to a Heat game now after those amazing years yeah. and being part of that, that moment. Yeah. It just, you know, and it's great. We're, we're definitely having a great moment and stuff like that. But that time in my life, like getting those floor seats, being there on the thing, yeah. The the hype, the buzz, the the craziness. Does that drive? How 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 is that when it comes to business? Like when we were in our big three phase, and we were people are coming from all, all over the place to come and watch us. How is that? Does that drive business all over, or just the, the popular restaurants? Well, listen. You know what it drives business to is you have so many playoff games because of you guys, right? And then you have the finals, and you have this, and you have yeah. the hype and the buzz. I think it just shines a great light on Miami. And, you know, an extended basketball season is great when you have restaurants right around the, the arena. Yeah. So that was great. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only thing I think has come close to that is this whole messy in Miami thing. The hype and the buzz of celebrities and everybody just wanting to be able to go to a game or see this guy. Mm -hmm. It's incredible, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, even kids, right? Like, you know, soccer... Uh, here, it obviously hasn't has been something that we've seen, but you got kids that now are growing up dreaming like, oh, I can be messy. Uh, I want to play soccer. That's never thought about playing soccer before. So it's incredible. They don't even know. So they know Messi. Right. That's all they I know. Mean, they don't know soccer. The whole thing. <laughs> they don't but, know David Beckham. Like, oh, what? Yeah. 
Have you did you have you watched David's doc yet? I got I got a chance to hear from I haven't watched it yet. I got a chance to hear from a lot of people that I need to. It's incredible and uh it's it's wow. Yeah. And what they've done for the city too. You know, Beckham is a big thing, but Beckham and Messi and the and the whole one two punch again has brought so much light to Miami. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the big three. Yeah, that that energy and that 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 aura that comes with a Messi and that comes with a Beckham is similar to LeBron or Shaq and you know myself. Man, but, I remember this, going from the Shaq days to the big three days, it was just like wow. And the constant thing was you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad you said that. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith. And we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Let's talk about fashion for a second. Listen, you know, we're going to talk about fashion. Let's go. So, you know, I don't do many podcasts, but when I do do a podcast, I'll wear a black t-shirt or a long, it doesn't matter. But when I heard I was doing your podcast, (laughs) you fucked me up, man. I had to be in the closet for like, I had to bring my guys. I don't want to wear a print because it might be da da da, but I can't wear just a black T-shirt because we've both raised so you our went fashion. With, you went with fuchsia. You went with fuchsia. Listen, it's a risky, chancy I, move. I understand. No, it looks good though. It's our but because I'm tan from Thanksgiving. <laughs> I felt like it was a safe call. Uh, 
but the silky sets, I'm really into the silky sets now. No, that's a vibe on you. Let, let me say, listen, over the pandemic time and since then, <laughs> I started opening up my Instagram and I've seen a lot of shirtless David Grubman photos. Which you never see. Which you years never ago. see. Talk to me about this newfound wave of so, masculinity. So, <laughs> uh, you're feeling it though, right? No, you like, you like it. Yeah, so, you know, I like so, it. So, so, you know, I went my whole life being a, a, a chubbier guy or whatever it is, and I never really felt comfortable taking my shirt off. Yeah. COVID comes, I go from 240, 245 to coming out of COVID. 170. Wow. Playing obsessive tennis. Be found a sport that I become obsessed with two hours a day, every day. Wow. If it's raining, I want to lose my mind because I can't play tennis. Uh, if I'm up late, I play tennis. If I, you know, whatever, it, wherever I go, I bring rackets with me. I find that court. Okay. So yeah, you know, I wanted to, I want to kind of, yeah. I'm feeling it. Uh, <laughs> from the biohacking with Gary Brecca mm -hmm. to the weights with Anthony Rhodes to tennis with Jimmy Boletari every day. It's like, and you know, now I have like a whole team. I have a physio because, you know, I'm 49, man. I have to do dry needling. Oh yeah, I them hips. Pinches, I, them ankles, them hips. I uh, understand. The quads, the whole thing, man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I don't know how much, listen. I feel like I'm a professional athlete now because I have like the, the whole team. Like I'm sure, like your whole career, you've had all this. And oh, I needed it. I, it's it's funny. Like uh, Wayne Boich, who yep. is a friend, we both shared when I was playing. We both shared therapists. Like he was, you know, like I'm a professional athlete. Right? He's he's a paddle. He loves yeah. he loves paddle. Paddle for some people, and we're both sharing therapists. I mean, dry needling therapists and massage therapists, and it's like he's on the exact same schedule I'm on. So yeah, professional I mean, athlete I, style. I, people are like, "Why do you have your physical therapist twice a week?" I go because I I just want to avoid a situation. Yeah, because I see all these. You know, everybody wants to hit with me, so I see these guys. I think I've hurt so many people that have not, haven't played tennis in so many years, and they get back up the court and they they rip this and tear that and do this and do that. I want to avoid all that. So I, I always try to like be ahead of it. Yeah. Uh, it's funny to see like so many guys getting back into tennis and, and stuff. I love it. It's yeah. the best. It's, this is the time right now for like um, alternative sports, right? Like this, like even in, in tennis, you got tennis, you got pickle, you got padel. You we got, don't talk about the pickles. Well, you know, I'm just, you know, it's it's craves all over the place. <laughs> or it's racket sports. Racket, Let me say that. Okay. It's racket sports everywhere. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot. I haven't tried the pickle or the paddle yet, but Wayne gives you a lot of pressure. Yeah. On the paddle. Oh, it's tough. I'm like, why don't we play tennis again, Wayne? You did your whole career as tennis. Let's get back on the... No, I, I haven't played pickle, but I understand paddle. I understand, like, the athleticism that is needed to be, you know, a pretty good paddle player. And I don't have that athleticism at this point in my life. Really? No, I had to be on the ground with it. You know, these knees ain't ain't letting me be great. So are you still able to, like, tell me about your day and, and working out and the whole thing. I don't get on the court no more. Zero. I mean, like, once in a while, my son would be on the court and I go in and try to teach him something, but then I'm out for two weeks after that. You know, a lot of people don't know I dealt with, I, well, they do know, but I dealt with knee, like, knee pain my whole year. Like, I'm bone on bone. I've been bone on bone for years. No cartilage. Yeah, nothing. Like, knee replacement is loading. It just depends on at what, what point in my life do I want to I want to get it done. So something that I've, I'm one of the best to ever do it in, in basketball, I can't do no more. Right? And I retired at 37. I thought I'd play basketball for the rest of my life. And I, I, I wasn't able to play it after 37 years old. So that's a big part of me that's missing. Let me ask you another part about knowing how competitive you were as, as an athlete. 
where do you find that drive now for yourself? Um, yeah, it's a daily competition with myself. Like I got to put all kinds of challenges throughout my day. Like I'm not even talking about, like we know that it's business challenges and I'm talking about, I put challenges to see if I can get in the shower and get dressed and out the house in 15 minutes. I like that challenge. Right, like I do challenges to, because like for me, like I'm so competitive and I have nowhere to just let all this competitiveness out. I was going to say, out. where do you channel that? Yeah, so I go to yoga. I, I work out Do you out like yoga? I love it. Okay, because I've tried it. I can't really get into it. Why not? Because like I have ADD <laughs> to the max. Like I have ADD to the max. Okay. And I feel like just taking that moment to like, it's tough for me. So I'm going to tell you why I like yoga. And outside of sweating, make me feel like I'm working out and pushing myself. It's the mental part of it. And, you know, I had a moment in yoga this year where I mentally wanted to escape that room. I thought of everything possible to get out the room because it was hard, right? Because I couldn't breathe or I couldn't get into the, the positions. And so mentally as an athlete was with my strong suit, right? I always wanted to have a mental advantage over my competition. That's what made me great. And I did whatever I could to have that mental advantage. And so now in this life that I'm living, I don't get a chance to test that out. And so yoga allows me to test out that mental like strain that I go through when I'm in there. I want to escape sometime because it's too hard. So, David, um, I left out something when it came to live, um, the celebration against Dallas. I wasn't just mad at you. I was mad at everybody. I remember uh, after we lost, I remember getting in my car, just driving. I drove somewhere where I didn't, have, I didn't even have navigation in my car, so I didn't know how to get back. I just drove real far. But in the middle of that, um, I started like getting like messages about what was going on at live. Right? People was like snitching. And so I started calling people on my team and trying to see if they were having a good time because I wasn't, and I didn't want anyone to have one. And so I would call them people to see if they were at live. I'm like, are you at live right now? They're like, no, I'm not at live. Are you at live? I was ready to fire people for no reason, <laughs> just if they were celebrating at live. So it wasn't just you I was angry at. It was anybody and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember being behind the DJ booth and Cedric Gervais, Miami DJ, was like, "This is this is not going to be good, man. This is this is not good." And I'm like, "Yeah, I, I knew I was in a lot of trouble, uh, but I felt like they won the championship fair and square. Unfortunately, they brought the trophy. They, um, I don't know how I could make it better for myself, but <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I could, I could come up with. I anything. see you going through it right now in your mind. <laughs> I'm like, man." Don't worry about it. It's okay. We made up. It's all right. I want to. I want to get to what you know. Something that seems something that we all enjoy is hospitality. Yes, we all love it, right? But one of the hardest things to do is to be of service, right? Yeah. To to people, how do you do it? So, for me, what drives me is I love seeing that look on someone's face when you give them an experience or you blow them away to yeah. a point where you know that they actually felt it and it's going to stick with them. And I go throughout my day constantly trying to blow people away and it's exhausting and it's straining and stuff like that. But it's, for me, it's, it's a love I have. I really love the details. I care about the details. Listen, you've been out to dinner with me. You know it's not a great, ex fun experience because I'm looking at the table, I'm looking at the light, man. You know what's going on with the music? <laughs> I'm going to DJ up and down like uh, like this. Oh my god, what's this guy playing? This yeah. is crazy. Uh, but I care about the experience that I'm delivering for you. Yeah, and it's it's constant, constant, constant. 
but I love serving. And I love not just serving in my places. I love when you do something for somebody that can't do anything for you. I yeah. love that that feeling you get. And it's it's what drives me. Where did it come from? Is that is that just innate? Is it just in you? Or is it something you've seen you know, growing uh, up? Listen, if we really want to get deep into it, I'm an only child. My parents were divorced when I was six years old. I spent a lot of time probably by myself watching Charles in Charge and Growing Pains and stuff like that. And wanting to to be to have some kind of attention maybe maybe that's what it was and i knew by serving people it, it made that connection with people yeah uh you know i just i love it yeah when did you realize you were good at it so i realized i was good at it when i was to be honest with you when i was 21 years old and i was a general manager of a restaurant and i had to lead people that had much more experienced than me that were 30, 40, 50 years old mm -hmm. and they've been doing this business for so long. But I knew because I really spent so much time on the education part of it, learning, having them learn what port wine was, learning what the liquors were, what the food was. Why do the chefs use this seasoning over that? Or why do we, we prepare it like this? And what's the sequence of service? And by educating them and really studying the game so much, that's how I connected with them. And that's when I felt like, I was good. I felt like because I could hold a meeting, I could lead people into a very busy night and come out very successful. And I knew that's kind of where it was. Now, the next evolution for me was when I got this job at the Opium Group and I, and I went from a small place to being able to take over a big nightclub thing. And, and I used it as a platform to create events and make events and use other people's brand equity to push my brands and partnering with people like Versace and Victoria's Secrets and stuff like that at the time, and movie premieres and this and that. I wanted to have, when other brands were doing stuff, I wanted those brands to be doing it inside my venues. Yeah. You know, I think the one thing in, in your space of hospitality, especially in Miami, I mean, when it comes to nightclubs or restaurants, it most of the time it has a window, right? Always a window. Right, it has a window. And you have you know, have obviously understood that it has a window, but you're not just stopping there, right? Like you're taking it from hospitality and you're going into, now you're into film. You got- Right, production, yeah. Right, you're a production company coming in. And, and so you're taking it from one arena and you're taking it to other arenas. Tell me the mindset in that. So my mindset was, I meet so many interesting characters yeah. in my line of work every day that story needs to be told. Yeah. And- I, I have ideas that I think I should be doing IP around the stuff that goes on in my life and 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 stuff like that. And you know, the first one I'm doing is is Black Coffee's documentary right now. We started filming that at MSG. What an interesting story! A South African DJ, mm -hmm. South Africa, so far removed from the rest of the world, has only use of one arm because he lost a nerve damage in one of his things when Mandela got released and a car drove through a crowd and everyone fell on him. And it, not only that, he's not even a pop DJ, he's an underground DJ. And he's captured the VIP crowd, the, the, the minds and, and eyes of so many people. And he's made such an impact yeah. in the world. I mean, it's incredible. So his story needs to be told. Yeah. Um, Poppy steak, what goes on at Poppy steak needs to be told, that's for sure. And I think I'd like to, you know, I teach this college class at FIU every year. And I think there should be something around that. I love that. So I think one of the things that's interesting to me is you obviously have a lot of relationships that are celebrity relationships that everyone sees. But I think the one thing that I appreciate about you is you treat those same celebrity relationships with just a regular customer that comes in. Of course. 
on, on a Tuesday night the same way. Um, I mean, that shows a lot about your character. But how do you create that experience, right? How, how, what goes into the thought process of creating the experience, knowing that you might have, you know, one of the top celebrities coming in versus you just have someone who come in, this may be the only time to Komodo. How do you, what do you, what goes into that thought? I think the main thing is if you just try to, for celebrities, it's always about safety and making sure that they know they could just be themselves mm -hmm. and not have to worry about getting, you know, bad press or this or or people doing different things. And, you know, listen, when you go places, you want to just know that you're safe mm -hmm. in that place and you could just be yourself. Yep. I think if people could just be their self and have that 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 time when they're sharing a meal with somebody or a club experience with some of their friends and know they don't have to worry about anything, I think that's the best part. I think also I treat everybody at the table the same not just hyper-focused on the celebrity or the whatever, but everyone at that table has such an interesting story. And for me, I love hearing people's stories, right? How did you, where did you come from? How are you like this? What did you do? What do you do? I want to know it all. Yeah. And uh, I think that kind of engagement and conversation connects. Yeah, you, you uh, my wife and I was at Komodo and you came and took over our whole dinner. Uh, we was having a real romantic. In no, no, it was Gecko. I know what time oh, we was at Gecko. It was Gecko. Okay. We were like, we're it, having a date night. Like, yeah, that's, that's right. We was at Gecko. My father. I'm like, you guys have date nights a lot. I don't get to see you. Now that you don't live here, I don't get to see you too much. <laughs> they took over I go, our whole our date night. It was great. It was great. You uh, started ordering things off the menu. <laughs> I was sitting there like, holding hands. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah, listen. But I that's what you do, though. You are, you're personable in that way. That's what I meant. Like, but that's, listen, I don't try to be too intrusive, but I did take over. By the way, no, I, I know, and I was like, listen, I know you guys are on a date night, but I don't ever <laughs> get to see either of you for a while. So I'm actually going to take advantage of this and I'm going to see you guys for a little bit. No, it, it I, was and good. I love, that night was so fun. We laughed so hard. We spent so much great time together at Gecko. And, uh, you know, listen, for me, I'm just so proud to show you what I've done yeah. because from where I started to where I am now, and there's certain people where I love to gloat, but for you, I love to just show you like, man, I really want you to taste this. Like I'm not just, it's just not an environment place. It's great food. I want you to taste the food. I want you to experience everything. And, and you know how much I love your wife. Yeah. She's been with me from the beginning as well. Like even when she lived in LA, she would support me in all my big events and do everything with me. And to see her grow has been amazing. Yeah, no, it's no, it was great. I'm just giving you a hard time, but nah. you know that's that's your special sauce, though. Your ability to be able to do that, right? <laughs> right? To be able to take over in that space, <laughs> but leave us with like you know great great moments and great conversations along the way. It was, I love it. It was pretty cool. You have all these different you know places, right? These different restaurants versus hotels, etc. But a lot of them pretty much, they kind of do the same things, but they don't feel the same. How do you accomplish that? So I, I hope to, to put my DNA into everything. And my, D, I'm, my DNA is great environment. I want you to have great music, great food. Everything's going to come to the table in shareable plates for everyone to be part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, the design, the cuisine might change, but that love and that wanting to create energy at the table or an experience for people is not going to change. And that's the common denominator with all my places. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. been a father now right when you first started this journey you were single and you single. wasn't you weren't a father and you can do what you want now you have two kids you have a, a wife a beautiful wife and also a very busy wife how do you show up in all the ways how do you show up as you know the i don't know what your, the title is but let's say the ceo of group hospitality right. versus showing up as dad and showing up as husband how do you show up in all the ways i think i only show up one way man to be honest with you like i look at my my business as my family and I look at my family as my family, right? So I, my wife is, and it's tough because, you know, I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old. My wife, the one thing is you got to be present. They're like, you don't have as much time with your family as possible, but yeah. so when you do have it, and listen, it's not easy to be present. I have to work at being present because there's a lot of weirdness going on in this head, right? Yeah. And like thinking about stuff and like that. And my wife is like, don't worry about how long you spend with them. Worry about how you spend it with them. And when you're with them, that you're with them and that you care. And having two girls changes a lot too, because you know I'm, I'm learning so much from my daughters now and having real conversations with them. And I, I love it. It's like when they go, I love you, Papa, and they give you a kiss, I just- There's nothing better. <laughs> it's kind of like explaining to someone that doesn't have kids. People ask me all the time, what is it like having kids? And I'm like, it's like explaining to somebody that's colorblind what color is. I can't do it unless you experience it. And, and as you know, I mean, listen, you have older kids now, so that experience must be so cool. Oh, it's it's, it's so different. I, my son's 21 years old. My oldest son is 21. And so the conversations that we have, the, 
you know, the, 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 the parenting that I have to do now at, you know, at an older age is way more than I ever thought. You know, you think it, what they tell you is when they get 18, they go off to college, you're done. 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 That is a lie that's been told to us <laughs> repeatedly. It just, it's a whole new level of parenting that has to start, especially, you know, when you have these young men who are, are told that at 21, they're supposed to figure it out. They got to they gotta be on their own. They got to know what they want. And they take that burden, especially now in, 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 for my son. He has a burden that he takes. And so I'm looking at him and I'm like, man, you got your whole life in front of you. But to him, he got to do it right now. And so, you know, that's when you got to step in from a whole different standpoint in place as a parent. So it's tough. You know, and I think it's going to be tough for our, our kids more than anything, right? Because we've set such a, a, a public standard out there, right? Yeah. That people know and that they, that they feel are going to have to live up to this and live up to that. And, uh, you know, I just want to help push as much as possible, but I yeah. just want to be there to hug and hold. And yeah. But if, you know, my kids come home and someone bullied them or something like that, I'm going to light the whole place on fire. That's a fact. <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with, you know, your kids growing up in, you know, the life of luxury that you didn't grow up in? How do you deal with trying to either shield them from it or expose them to it or? So it's a, it's, it's a great question, especially in my line of business, because I've met so many entitled kids and I hate entitled kids. And I've met kids that come from very wealthy and successful family backgrounds and are nice. And, and, and I ask a lot of questions. Why is your kid like this? And why is this kid like that? Yeah. And I could kind of sum it up to this is I have a great wife that doesn't, that will not allow that to happen. And let me tell you why we go to a toy store and my kids say to each other, okay, make sure you pick a great gift, a great toy, because we're only allowed one. And I'm looking at them like, one, you only have, you only could get one. Yeah, mommy only lets us get one toy each. And I want to buy that whole store for them. And my, <laughs> and my wife goes, if you buy this store, we're going to have the worst kids ever. Yeah. And I think those kind of foundation moments to me, and I catch them, it means so much. When, when, when my daughter walks into the house and there's someone sitting here, she goes, hi, my name is Kai. It's nice to meet you. I didn't teach her that. Thank God my wife did. Mm -hmm. But I love seeing that, that my kids know that they have to be nice, good people and caring people. And that comes from, from, from us. And I also, them seeing a great relationship between my, myself and my wife is very important to me. Yeah. Listen, we have hiccups like anybody else and challenges and stuff like that. But what my kids see and the way they know that we love each other, I think makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, and, and how you show up for them and how you guys show up for them is what's the most important, right? If you show up in love, you show up in support. Right. Uh, that's what's most important in front of them. Yeah. And yeah, again, it's not about how much time, it's but the time that I spend with them that it's it's quality. Do time. you get any do you get any any one of the girls picking up that tennis racket yet? Are they so I've tried yeah. and they want to cheerlead instead. And I'm like, <laughs> the tennis. But they look so cute in their cheerleading outfits. I don't really care with the thingies and the th and they're like dynamite. And I'm like, I love you so much. Yeah. But I I really hope they don't get into like competitive soccer where I have to be driving to all these or dance to all these different cities every weekend. I hear nightmare stories from my friends who are like, yeah, we're in, you know, Zephyr Hills, Florida or Tampa or this. Every weekend they're on the road to oh, a different. Yeah. yeah, we got some, we got some, some parents here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they do that, that journey. But I mean, that's the, you know, at the same time too, like, you know, yes. And I mean, no, but yes too. Be those right. are the moments that you get to learn so much about your kids, right? Because you, you watch in sports, as we know, like you get to learn so much about, and you get to see so much growth in them when they're around other, other, uh, 
other players or how they handle losing or, you know what I mean, or watching them get better. Like, all these things, it's great for a parent to see your kids respond and react in that way. So you don't want to drive everywhere, but you actually want to see them be competitive and compete. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's going to show you a lot about, you know, about them. You're going to see where you are and where your wife is. You're like, oh, that's, you got that from your mom. Oh, you got that from me, you know? <laughs> oh, I see it. By the way, I, those kind of things I love seeing. I'm like, where did you? Oh, I know where you got that from. Man. Yeah. But it's crazy to me, man. It's, it's such a cool experience. And listen, we do a lot of cool stuff. Nothing even comes close to being a father. Yeah, of course. And you know, it's, it's funny you said I was going to, one of my questions you, I was going to say, what is, what is, outside of being a father, what is the coolest thing that you've done? I, and I know it's probably hard to say one thing, but a roundabout. Um, that you just that you, when you, when the night ended, you was looking off on the balcony. So when you said, "You know what, Dave? That was pretty cool." I'm pretty jaded now, to be honest with uh, you, right? And it kind of sucks. Uh, I've had so many like, from going like on a safari or walking. You know, what was pretty cool. Is I got to go with my kids, uh, and they they closed the pyramids a couple of hours before everybody else. Mm -hmm. And to see my kids and my wife and I just running around the pyramids in Egypt, mm. I was like, okay, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And, I, and my kids don't even know what the pyramids are. They just think it's whatever. But to see them running around, like the Sphinx and stuff, I was like... I don't even think we know what the pyramids are. They, I don't. By the way, it's a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's like a pizza hut outside. The, it's like. But also, you know, my kids have gotten to travel the world. They've got to go to like Saudi Arabia, Lula, and be around the tombs and stuff like that. As they just left Israel from being at the wall, and that was a really cool thing is taking my kids to the wall and seeing them pray in, in Israel, and you could feel the energy there and tearing and tearing and tearing. I'm not even a, that religious of a guy, mm -hmm. but just the energy you feel there. But then going from there and going to the pyramids and seeing them run and all the different cultures, to me, that's that was one of the coolest moments of my life. Yeah, yeah. We, my my family, we went over. Uh, my son actually was playing in Egypt. Um, he was playing my basketball this past summer with uh, with an African team in Cape Town. And they were playing in Egypt. So we got a chance to go watch him, but we also got a chance to go get our own experience. Never ridden on a camel before. First time riding on a camel. I don't really love the camel riding, to be honest. The, it I, was the hydraulics for me. It yes. was the way that they lift me down. Yeah, and yeah. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> you know, like being up there and it's like, get down. You're like, how am I going? I was like, that was fire. No, I think, listen, Egypt, Africa, Cape Town, by the way, it's an incredible place. Incredible. My wife learned modeled there and learned English there. So I have to, she put in her little agreement that she has to go once a year there. <laughs> and I love Cape Town. Yeah. I think Cape Town's a great city and Joburg as well. So do we, let's talk about uh, restaurants uh, internationally. Yeah, you have a, do, are we the gonna get there? The problem is when there's a currency difference. Yeah. Like my wife's Brazilian, right? She's like, why don't you open in Brazil? I'm like, it's kind of five to one right now, you know, but. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I want. We're looking to do international. That's for sure. I'm inspired by so many places in in the U. You know, in Saudi UAE, all uh, Europe, uh, London. I would love to be in London. So who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, I just came back from the UAE. I, I can see. I see. What's a your favorite state. place over there? Uh, well, you know what? Actually, don't answer that because I don't want that to. <laughs> So, you know, we just love all the all, everybody at the UAE. We love Dubai, we love Abu Dhabi, we love, we love Saudi, Qatar, we love it all. I, I haven't experienced enough yet, neither. I mean, but I really I'm love just, Saudi Arabia. Really, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard I've, I got to go visit. That's next on my list. Alula is very special. Uh, I think Riyadh and what they're doing over there in the Red Sea and these different places. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, and and, and, and I like that they're everyone's trying to do different things. Yeah, I think it's neat. Do you look at I mean, 
Some people care about this and some people don't. But you have a legacy here in Miami, right? You got a really important Hope legacy. Hope so. Hope so. You do. Okay. And in the midst of that, Miami has this Mount Rushmore of people who have created legacies. Dan Marino. Pat Riley. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Uh, do you see yourself being a part of that Mount Rushmore? I mean, see how I threw my own plug out there, everybody? Plug yourself, everybody. By the way, you're not wrong. Plug yourself. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, listen, if I just go by what people say to me, like thanking me for the experiences that I've created for them in this city, I would hope that when I'm said and done that I've impacted the city mm-hmm. enough to be on there. Mm-hmm. But I, the city's done so much for me. It's given me such a platform to do what I do yeah. and to celebrate what I do. The city shows up for me, which I, I can't think enough. And it, it's given me the ability to, to do things um, emotionally for myself, like teaching the college class at FIU and stuff like that, which was the most challenging thing in my life. Yeah. Which I, I'm gonna go in my fourth year. Every year I tell my team, don't worry, we don't have to do it again, we're done. And then I give them that call. I said, we're gonna go back to FIU and do our the, the David Grutman experience again. They're like, we, we always know that you were going to do it again every year. We know that you lie to us. Uh, what does that do? Why do, you do? why do you continue to do that? What does that do for It's you? the most rewarding thing for me to be able to teach people, not just about hospitality stuff, about, but more about entrepreneurship. For me, I love entrepreneurship. And even if you're working for somebody, you yeah. have to come into that, to that job like it's your place. Like you own the company or you own that place uh, because – that's what makes you successful. I know those little things is what drove me. I always thought, you know, when I was a man, just a regular manager, that was my restaurant. That was my nightclub. That's what drove me to being where I am today. And if I could help instill that into the youth today, I think it's kind of cool. So from 21 years old, been in bartending, to now you sit here, you're 49 years old, and you've accomplished everything that you've accomplished, not only here, but now it's going to other places. Right before you're 50 years old, what's next? I, you know, the name of this podcast is the Why Podcast, and is that's one of the questions that I like that I want to end with is your why, right? So as you're going to 50, so you sit here going to this monumental year in July. Yeah. What is your why going forward? You've already accomplished a lot. You've made a lot of money. You're going to continue to make money. What's your why going forward from 50? So, so my why is. I, that's a great question. My, I always ask myself, what's my why? Why, why, why what's going to be enough? Yeah, what's going to be enough? And for me, I feel like I'm an athlete. I feel like I have a certain window time as well. And I'm just trying to keep pushing that window farther and farther away because it, it not only makes me me, but it keeps me relevant and it keeps me excited each day to get up and push is what more can I do? How do I blow people away even more? Like we're going to be doing the food and beverage in space, in the space perspective. That's those kind of things are the stuff I look for. And I don't do things now that I just don't want to do for money. I only do things that are like cool, hot shit right now. And that's stuff that excites me. Yeah. And that's, that's why. This is why. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 